This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Matthias Dismet. Dismet. I'm struggling with that, with the pronunciation still. Everybody does abroad, Jeremy. <laughs> Everybody's struggling with the pronunciation, but it's Dismet, yes. But Dismet, okay, right. Um, you're, a, you're a professor of clinical psychology at Ghent University in Belgium, is that right? That's right, yes. So no. your focus is on how people think? Yes, my major focus is on uh, individual psychology on the one hand and also on mass psychology. So the psychology of groups. And then also have a third focus as well, um, which is a statistics. I actually um, have uh, two master degrees. So I have a, uh, I am a professor in clinical psychology on the one hand, but I also got a, a master degree in statistics. Uh, and I, I, I made the PhD, I wrote a PhD somewhere uh, uh, on the border between statistics and psychology. So, but um, uh, I've been doing statistical research for, for six years or, or, or even longer. Uh, but now, uh, during the last years, I, I've been involved in, uh, in uh, on the one hand, psychotherapy research and also uh, in mass psychology. So uh, uh, that are my major levels of uh, areas of expertise. Uh, I think what we... Uh, see now what is happening now um, all over the world is um, a, a, a huge phenomenon of what is usually called mass formation or crowd formation which refers to a very specific uh, group dynamic um, uh, which makes people incapable of uh, critical reflection uh, and rational thinking about a, a situation they are in they are finding themselves in um, yes I, th I think I think for me um, at the level of uh, the psychological processes that are happening in society now that's what we are dealing with now at this moment I think yes can, can I tell you something about how I was experiencing this crisis in the beginning yes please do no so actually during the first weeks uh, I noticed that I that I actually from the beginning, uh, that I was not scared of the virus. <laughs> it was something strange. During this crisis, I've, I've, I've never been feeling anxious about about the virus. But from the beginning, I had the feeling that uh, that there was this social dynamic uh, which emerged, and uh, and uh, and and which um, made me feel like we could uh, be dealing with a huge problem here. Uh, and uh, in the beginning, in the first weeks of the crisis, I actually took the perspective of, of, a, of a statistician, I think. And so I, I started to analyze some data on the, on the mortality uh, rates of the virus and, uh, and on uh, the infection fatality rates and the case fatality rates and stuff. And very soon, I had the impression that uh, there was a tendency to overestimate uh, the danger, the, 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 the mortality of the virus, and, uh, and also to neglect um, uh, the collateral damage that the virus could cause. So, and, um, and, and, and I think after two or three months, it was actually proven beyond doubt 
that uh, the, the initial mathematical models uh, estimating uh, the mortality rates of the virus uh, were wrong. Huh? Mm. So like uh, the, 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 uh, the models that, uh, that, were, that uh, were followed when, 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 when uh, taking uh, the COVID measures around the world were in the first place the models of Imperial College in London. Mm. And uh, they, predict, they predicted that, uh, for instance, in Sweden, uh, 80,000 people would die if the country didn't go into lockdown. Uh, but the country didn't go into lockdown. And uh, after uh, three months, uh, uh, instead of the predicted uh, 80,000 uh, casualties, there were only 6,000 people who died. And this number of 6,000 uh, even uh, would have been less, I think, if the number of casualties were not uh, counted in a very enthusiastic way, let's say. Um, uh, almost everybody who died was considered a corona, uh, a, a, COVID, a COVID victim at that time. So uh, on the one hand, uh, it, it, it was really striking to me that uh, any of the mathematical models that were used uh, so all the models uh, overestimated uh, the dangerousness of the virus on the one hand, and also none of the models took into account the collateral damage. So we've never seen a mathematical model uh, which modeled both the number of victims uh, the virus could claim and the number of victims the measures themselves could claim. So we never, we've never seen such a model. Um, so which meant that uh, in, in, in one way or another, uh, the, 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 the field of attention was very narrow in this crisis. The, the focus mm. was very narrow and contained only the victims the virus could claim. Mm. While in the beginning of the crisis, for instance, the United Nation, Nations warned, uh, warned us that uh, the number of people starving from hunger or starving uh, 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 as a consequence uh, of um, of uh, of the of the lockdowns, for instance, uh, uh, and the economic troubles the the lockdowns uh, would cause, um, uh, would probably be higher than the number of uh, victims the virus could make, even yeah. if no measures no measures were taken at all. Yeah, and that's been uh, that's so, true. Yes, which is something very strange, of course, because you would expect that um, uh, the first thing you would one to be sure about is that um, uh, the measures you take um, uh, will not claim more uh, casualties than uh, than uh, than the, the the disease you want to cure. <laughs> so, mm. um, so what we were dealing with was, in one way or another, uh, uh, the, the 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 window of attention the, the 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 window of consciousness was really narrow during this crisis and that made me think and from then on like at the, at the end of may uh, 2020 um, uh, i felt like uh, i had been doing uh, statistics enough and and i felt that i was quite sure that uh, we were dealing in the first place with a psychological crisis in this uh, uh, with the psychological crisis so from then on i started to think how i could understand the psychological processes that uh, uh, led to uh, this narrowing of, uh, of the attention uh, of the country. I mean, I'm halfway around the world compared to where you are, and we mm. both have the same story, yeah. precisely the same story. There are people around us who think that wearing a mask and standing two meters away mm. is a good thing. How does mm. this happen? 
Yes. That's an interesting question. So, and to answer it, I think to have to I have to talk a little bit and to explain how uh, mass formation emerges in a society. So, um, mass formation emerges when a f certain conditions are fulfilled or certain conditions are met in a society. And the first one is that there have to be a lot of people, a lot of individuals who feel socially isolated. So, when the social bond in a society, the bond between people, deteriorates, you have the first and most, con uh, and, and most important condition is met for mass formation. The second one is that people have to, have to experience lack of sense-making in life. The third condition is also very important. There has to be a lot of free-floating anxiety, meaning that people have to feel there has to be a high level of, of, uh, of, uh, of anxiety in individuals. And that's not the only thing. This anxiety, it is important that people are not able to connect this anxiety to a mental representation. So, which means that they are anxious, but they don't know exactly why they are anxious. So, we have three conditions. Lack of social bond, the number of socially, socially isolated people, lack of sense-making, a lot of free-floating anxiety, and then fourth, a lot of frustration and, and, uh, and anger and aggression in society. Is it possible to create anxiety where, where there perhaps isn't? That's possible. But that's not the major mechanism that plays in a, okay. in, a, in a phenomenon of mass formation. Usually, almost always, there has to be a lot of anxiety before the mass formation emerges. Okay. Almost, if you look at the historical examples, uh, it has always been like that. And there was a lot of free-floating anxiety in society. Anxiety that people could not connect to a mental representation before right. mass formation emerged. So, but if these four okay. conditions are met, so yes, and before the Corona crisis, I think it was clear that these four conditions uh, were met. And so, um, I don't know if you know the book "Bullshit Jobs" of uh, of Graeber, a professor, uh, a British mm. professor, professor who who investigated or who asked people uh, in a certain study the question whether or not they they felt like their job was uh, was making sense, was 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 meaningful to other people, and fifty percent said that they thought their job was not uh, meaningful at all, that it had a, yes, that it was senseless. So, and then the other examples are, of course, like in a, in a small country like Belgium, which has a population of 11 million people, every year in Belgium, 300 million doses of antidepressants are used. 300 million doses of 300 million. Yes, indeed, yes. So it shows that like, there was this uh, this uh, this a terrible uh, state of uh, of the social connection between people. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of uh, a lack of sense making, a lot of burnout as well, uh, um, uh, and a lot of psychological trouble, free floating anxiety, and other psychological discontent. So, and what happens then is very important. So, if under such conditions, a story is presented through the mass media, indicating an object of anxiety and presenting a strategy to deal with this object of anxiety people there is a good possibility there, 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 there is a good possibility that people start to connect their anxiety 
all this free-floating anxiety to the subject of anxiety, and are willing to follow the strategy presented through the mass media to deal with this object of anxiety. So this means, first people feel out of free-floating anxiety, anxiety that they cannot handle. This is a terrible, an absolutely terrible and diversive mental experience. And then suddenly, in the mass media, a story, a narrative is disseminated, which indicates an object of anxiety and gives them a strategy to deal with this object of anxiety. For instance, this object of anxiety could be the Jews, yes. as it happened in Nazi Germany, or it could be um, uh, the arist aristocracy, as it happened in the Soviet Union, or it could be a virus, of course. Mm. A virus and a small group of people who don't want to go along with the strategy to deal with this virus. So in that case, all the anxiety connects to this object of anxiety. And then people are willing to, to follow the strategy presented through the mass media. And that's how they, one, can connect their anxiety. Can, they can in that way, they can mentally control their anxiety. It becomes controllable. And second, they all together participate in a heroic battle with the object of anxiety. And in this way, the social bond is restored. Jeez. Okay? Yes, and, and what happens then is very important. So, people are absolutely social beings. So, first, before the crisis or before, before the mass formation, they are socially isolated, which is also very aversive. And through the strategy to deal with the object of anxiety, they reconnect with each other and what emerges is a very strong social bond as it exists in a mass or in a crowd. So people switch from a very negative mental state to a very positive mental state. And they experience a strong, a kind of mental intoxication. Hypnosis? Which, yes, it's, it's hypnosis. It's exactly the same. Sure. It's exactly the same. But that's what all scholars studying the, the phenomenon of mass formation has, have remarked, that mass formation is not similar to, to, to uh, hypnosis, it's exactly the same. It's a, it's, a, it's a type of hypnosis, yes. And that's why the story itself, the narrative, for instance, on the virus, or for instance, on the Jews, or for instance, on the aristocracy, or for instance, on black people, it can be blatantly wrong or utterly absurd. They will continue to follow it because it leads up to this new kind of social bond and to this mental intoxication, to this new kind of solidarity, because that's what you hear time and time again. Mm. People who don't want to join the battle with the virus or who feel like the measures uh, should not stop, they are blamed of being, of showing a lack of citizenship or a lack of solidarity with other people. I mean, if it's across so many people, how mm. do you break it? That's also a very good question, because the first consequence is that the attention of, of, uh, of the people is focused on one point, the point indicated by the narrative, which means that all the rest, in a strange way, people cannot see, they are not able psychologically anymore to consider things 
that go against the story. So on a cognitive and on an emotional level, they are not aware anymore of what happens outside of the small field of attention indicated by the narrative, by the corona narrative, for instance, in these, in these measures. And that's, that, that, that makes it extremely difficult. So it's very clear that people in this state are not sensible anymore or not sensitive anymore to rational argumentation. And that's something that is very clear. Yes. Sorry, but you say rational argumentation, but now you're dealing with intelligent people. Yes, of course. Yes, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter how intelligent someone is. So, for instance, Gustave Le Bon, who wrote this wonderful book in the 19th century, uh, The Psychology of the Crowd, already noticed that uh, um, uh, in, in a crowd or in a mass, uh, intelligent people are exactly as intelligent uh, as, as people who are not intelligent at all. Right? So they are exactly as they are exactly as intelligent, which means uh, not intelligent. So they they lose all capacity to critically think and to uh, and and to use their intelligence and to think rationally. So that's the most striking characteristic of an individual who is grasped in the phenomenon of mass formation. And also that it loses every awareness of its personal. Um, uh, of what is in, of what is important uh, uh, for itself. So, some people think that people in a mass become very egoistic, but they don't become egoistic at all. Actually, people who are in a mass in a phenomenon of mass formation, you can take everything away of them; they will even not notice it. And that's also exactly the same as in a hypnotic procedure. Under hypnosis, uh, you can perfectly cut into someone's flesh even cut through the breastbone, as, as some surgeons do when they use hypnosis uh, during a surgical operation, you can perfectly do that just by focusing the attention of someone on a very specific uh, 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 topic, and then through a hypnotic procedure, and then you can cut through the flesh of people, you can cut through the breastbone and perform a surgical operation on the heart, for instance, people will wow. not no notice you. And in exactly the same way, sure. when, when an individual is in mass formation, um, uh, is in a process of mass formation, it will not notice that it loses everything that is important to it. And for instance, uh, its wealth, its, uh, its, its, its uh, psychological well-being, its health, uh, uh, the connection with its children, or uh, no matter what, you can take it all away from someone. That's something that was uh, very clear already uh, in Nazi Germany and in the Soviet Union, where, where this mass formation happens for the first time in history. Mass formation is very old. So uh, you can go back thousands of years. There has always been phenomena of mass formation. But, in our, but throughout the 19th century, for specific reasons, they became increasingly strong. And, uh, and Gustave Le Bon, at the end of the, of the 19th century, warned us already. He said, if we continue like this, we are one step away from uh, the mass taking over the power in society. And we will see how a new type of state emerges, he said. And that was exactly what happened in the 20th century uh, when the first totalitarian states arose. Totalitarianism is something completely different from a classical dictatorship, completely different. A classical dictatorship, in a classical dictatorship, people are just scared of a small group of people who they experience as very powerful. And that's why they, uh, uh, this small group of people can impose uh, the social contract unilaterally. But uh, in a totalitarian state, 
things start in a completely different way. Things start with a huge phenomenon of mass formation. And then after a while, after some decades or after some years, uh, the totalitarian regime uh, can use this phenomenon of mass formation uh, to, uh, 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 to have power over people. Uh, so, but, so, but yeah, mass formation, it started to, to become increasingly strong throughout the 19th century. And then the first totalitarian states emerged can you be hypnotized in the sense that you can actually make yourself ill? Yes, definitely, of course. So what you are referring to, Jeremy, is actually uh, the placebo and the nocebo effect. So uh, I, I think you're familiar with the placebo effect. Yes. Meaning that if you give someone a sugar pill, for instance, and you make them believe that it is a real pill, and you make uh, him or her believe that she will uh, uh, get better uh, uh, from that pill. She actually will get better even, even if there is only sugar or no chemical agent at all in the pill. So that's the, 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 the placebo uh, uh, effect. And actually this happens because um, um, the, 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 this sugar pill actually um, uh, provokes a positive image in the mind of the people who receive it. So the people suddenly starts to believe uh, that uh, he or she will get better, uh, and 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 this this image of being cured emerges in the mind uh, of the patient, and then in one way or another, it's hard to explain uh, in biological terms. I think it's impossible to explain in biological terms. You have to explain it in 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 uh, in, uh, in psychological terms, I think. But in one way or another, so the body of the of the patient really uh, melts into this image of. Uh, of 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 of, uh, of being cured uh, and of health, and the patient actually cures. So, but also the opposite can happen, and in that case, we call it the nocebo effect. Um, in contrast with the placebo effect. And what does that mean? If you give someone a pill and you make him or her believe that she will get sick of that pill, uh, there is a good chance actually that the patient will get sick. And these the and these and 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 these effects are very powerful. And for instance, Shapiro said that the history. Of uh, of uh, of uh, Western medicine uh, is actually the history of the placebo effect. <laughs> he said it's the same. About about eighty to ninety percent wow. of the uh, of the of the efficacy of uh, of um, uh, medical interventions uh, would be caused by the placebo effect. Some people say I don't know. Uh, I guess there were other people who will um, uh, come mm. to a different conclusion. But it's 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 very substantial the placebo effect and also the no nocebo effect can be very powerful. It's something it's something mental or something psychological indeed. And I think we should use the placebo effect or the placebo effect is something extremely interesting and 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 and, and it shows us that actually uh, uh, yeah the psychological level is much more important than the biological measure measure uh, level in a certain in a uh, uh, in a certain respect. Yes. Matthias, how important is the media. So, as I as I as I mentioned before, uh, there was mass formation before there were mass media, uh, but the mass media are very important uh, um, uh, to continue the process of mass formation. So, through if if a certain narrative is repeated time and time again on the on the uh, through the mass media. Uh, then there is a good chance that the mass form, that the mass formation becomes much deeper and lasts much longer mm. than it would last without the mass media, and that's one reason. There were other reasons as well, 
why the, the phenomenon of mass formation became stronger throughout, uh, throughout uh, the 19th century. But there were other reasons as well, absolutely. So, the, for instance, uh, the, the industrialization uh, of the world uh, led up to much more socially isolated people. And also the connection with nature disappeared. And uh, these two things are very important. If, if someone is disconnected from nature and disconnected from other people, he is much, much, much more sensitive to mass formation. So that was also a reason why the phenomenon of mass formation became more powerful and more intense throughout the 19th, 19th century. That, that people or social beings is something we can just observe, but I think it's hard to explain. We see it from the beginning. When a, when a child is born, from the first hours, it starts to, to see contact with its mother. It starts to imitate the expressions on her face and so on. Uh, and if the mother disappears or is not available, it will, start be, uh, it, it will become anxious. Uh, uh, and, 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 and then one way or another, we see that throughout life, people constantly try to gauge what other people think about them. They try to connect to other people. And when they, do, they don't succeed in connecting to other people, when they don't succeed in having the experience that they are loved, for instance, and that they mean something to someone else, they start to become anxious. Um, so uh, I, I, I think it's hard to explain why we are like that. But uh, uh, that yeah. we are like that, that's sure. Yes, that's for sure. But then why is it that some of us don't form part of these, of these hypnotized crowds? That's also a very good, a very good, uh, a very good question. I think what is very important uh, uh, is the ideology or the, the 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 view on man and the world. So, like all mass formation or the narrative, I, I think that most people who don't buy into this COVID narrative feel not comfortable with the basic ideology of the uh, of this narrative meaning that for instance i think that this whole um virological and epidemiological discourse treats people very much as biological beings so it reduces people or it 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 it, it, it reduces the human being to a biological being and i think that and for instance, also like I think that the 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 the, the, the main the major ideology uh, that is playing now in this crisis is actually transhumanism. I think I I, th I think if you see that yeah. if you if you look at the at the deeper ideology, yeah, I agree with from you. which from, from which this narrative emerges, I think is a transhumanistic ideology in many respects. And I think that many people who don't want to go along with the narrative actually have the feeling that uh, they don't want to identify with uh, with this uh, 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 biological reductionist, materialist, transhumanist ideology uh, from which this narrative starts. I think that's one of the most uh, uh, important characteristics of the people that uh, are not grasped in the mass formation and who don't want to buy into this story. That's my two cent word, that's my two cent word opinion. Crowd formation makes people extremely intolerant for alternative, different, dissonant voices, mm. and that's it's, it, and, and actually, it's perfectly possible to understand that because crowd formation emerges because there is this free-floating anxiety, because there is this psychological discontent, because there is this lack of social bond, because there is this extremely aversive 
mental experience peep, uh, uh, in people, in a lot of individuals. So if someone speaks out and raises a different voice, a dissonant voice, mm. then he threatens to wake people up and to end the process of mass formation and to confront people again with this initial aversive mental experience. So that's one reason mm. why people who are grasped in the phenomenon of mass formation usually uh, react in an aggressive way when someone tries to uh, uh, confront them with things that show that the narrative leading to the mass formation is wrong. Yeah? So uh, that's one thing. So uh, raising uh, or, 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 or that's one thing which, which makes it very difficult uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to convince someone, for instance, that, uh, that the, 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 the mainstream narrative is wrong. But there are other options, of course. Yeah? Like one strategy that works quite well is uh, if you succeed in, make, in making people uh, even more scared from another object than the virus, then there is a good chance that they might wake up. Yeah? For, 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 That's for, interesting. Yeah? Yes, but that's an, it's a different question is if it is ethical. Maybe it is unethical to do so. But for mm -hmm. instance, I once gave a, a, an interview on, um, on mass formation and I mentioned uh, that there was a, a serious, that we were seriously at risk uh, uh, that a new totalitarian state could emerge in this in this uh, 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 in this crisis, and, um, uh, and 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 I gave a few examples of what happens when a totalitarian state emerges. Say, for instance, that a totalitarian state uh, is a monster, as Hannah Arendt uh, calls it, a monster that divorces its own children, and that's really true. Uh, if 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 if, total, if mass formation and totalitarianism uh, uh, continue, in the end. Uh, uh, also the people who go along with the totalitarian narrative or with the mainstream narrative narrative, are victimized. Eh? For instance, Stalin uh, liquidated 50% of his own communist party. Eh? So yeah. that's only one example. Eh? But mm. the totalitarian state, according to Hannah Arendt, is a, a monster that always divorced its own children, ultimately. So I was talking about this in this interview. And, uh, and, and the weeks after this interview, it was, uh, I, I think it, 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 it got something like 200,000 uh, views here in, uh, in Holland and Belgium. And I received so many mails of people telling me that they had this strange feeling while watching through this interview that they woke up. They said, like, sure. it, was, it was suddenly as if I started to realize that this COVID narrative or that this coronavirus was maybe not as dangerous as they have been thinking, mm. and that maybe, and that maybe something else was more dangerous than the virus. So actually, it's a very, it's a very easy, simple strategy that, that that I had followed without knowing it actually. But if you, so you have this mental representation of a virus, and then this free-floating anxiety, and these two things, this free-floating anxiety connects with this mental representation or it merges together with this mental representation. And to disconnect the two, you have to turn up the heat in the mental mm -hmm. system. You have, to, you have to provoke as much or even a little bit more anxiety than the state in which the two things merge together. What I describe now is a strategy in which you first deal with the affective, the emotional aspect of mass formation. So the, the anxiety connecting to the mental representation of a virus. So first you have to solve that. First you have to disconnect the anxiety 
from the mental representation of the virus. Because as long as all this anxiety is connected to the mental representation of a virus, also the attention will be entirely focused on the virus and people will not be able to really consider mm. critical argumentations because these critical right. arguments, yes. they have no psychological impact at all. Yes, That's okay. a strange thing. So first you have to disconnect the anxiety from the object, uh, from, 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 for instance, the virus. And then in a second step, you can start to uh, 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 to, uh, to, uh, to think critically and to, and to raise rational arguments against the COVID narrative. Like if you look at, uh, at the population, then you will see that uh, during that only 30%, about 30% of the people uh, uh, is really hypnotized, uh, re is really into this phenomenon of mass formation. Yes, it's not, it's not that much. It's only, usually it's only 30% or something, not much more. And then there is about 40% of the people who feel that there is something wrong with the narrative uh, and who are not hypnotized, but who never go against the current, who never go against the group and who, who, who do not speak out and who publicly go along with the narrative that leads to the mass formation. And then there is another 25 or 30% who uh, who uh, who feels that there is something wrong with the narrative and who also uh, speaks it out loud and who and who says like look there is something wrong here uh, and uh, and I don't want to buy into the story so you have this 30 40 30% so meaning that um uh, this this 40% of people this middle group actually just follows the larger group the largest group hmm? and the problem of the 30% of people who are awake or, or who don't want to, to go along with the story, the problem of these people is that they usually are more divided than the people who are really in the mass formation. That the Why? people who are really divided. Be, be, because, yeah, that's a good question. But usually this group is very heterogeneous, composed of very different individuals people of all kinds of political orientations, people of all kinds of social backgrounds, people of all kinds of ages and genders and everything. It's, it's something that in history appears time and time again that the group who is not uh, uh, sensitive to mass formation is very heterogeneous time and time again. Um, and that means that actually it would be sufficient if this group could uh, uh, join and really connect to make these this middle group of 40% of people change direction mm. and to make that this social dynamic stops. So I think that's the most ethical and the most humane, hu human, yeah, human, human way to stop this phenomenon. That's what we should try to do. We should try to, the group who, who doesn't go along with the narrative should try to connect, uh, try to uh, uh, really form one group and then th that would be sufficient for a phenomenon to stop. Uh, once a phenomenon of mass formation starts, it's very hard to stop it. Mm. Mm. But, but, and that this is something very important, but if the people who think differently and if the people who are not sensitive to mass formation continue to speak out, if they're in the public space, if there is a different voice, another voice, a dissonant voice, it will make 
that the hypnosis does not get as deep as this would get without this voice. So it means that is yeah. it the most the most important thing we can do is to continue to speak out. Really, because in hypnosis, someone is seized by the resonance of a voice. It's very strange, but it is like that. In, from a psychological perspective, the phenomenon of mm -hmm. hypnosis uh, is a phenomenon in, in which someone is under the influence of, a, of, of, of the resonance of the voice of, of someone. And that's why totalitarian states always mm -hmm. start with every day uh, a certain uh, 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 number of minutes of propaganda because, because they know that it is the voice of the leader that keeps people in the hypnotic state or in the mass formation. So, and the contrary is also true. That if there is an if there is another voice that you can hear in the public, that people can hear in the public space, the hypnosis will become uh, will become less deep, and the and the crowd will not become as cruel as they would without this voice. So, the most important thing we can do is to continue to speak in all kinds of situations within our family, at the shop, at the restaurant. Uh, if possible, on the radio, of are you as you do uh, through your podcast. podcast? That's the most important thing because, and that was what went wrong in Nazi Germany, and in the Soviet Union, around 1930 in the Soviet Union, uh, the opposition stopped completely, and uh, and uh, uh, then uh, Stalin started his large scale. Uh, purif uh, uh, purifications of society, which led up to 80 million people dying in about uh, five years, I think. And in Nazi Germany, the same happened around 1935. And also at that moment, Hitler started with, with his ideas on the Holocaust and stuff. Because I think that most stories who are leading to uh, uh, who are leading to mass formation become more and more absurd. If you, for instance, mm. if you, if you, and more and more wrong, also intellectually wrong. If you, if you read. Uh, Hannah Arendt, her work on totalitarianism, it's a wonderful book, uh, uh, um, uh, The Origins of Totalitarianism. She describes how in all uh, uh, totalitarian states of the 20th century, the narrative started as a more or less, or, well, in, in the beginning, the narrative was more or less logical and more or less uh, 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 rationally structured, uh, but as mass formation continued, the narrative always became more and more absurd, illogical, and right. irrational. Okay. So it seems that something in, something, right. uh, uh, in the process of mass formation keeps the attention focused on such a small part of reality and it bases all conclusions on this small part of reality that there is no other option than that the story becomes mm. utterly wrong in the end. I think that's a process that always happened. And of right. course... Uh, it, it degrades. Uh, it degrades, and and also small groups. It's it's not only uh, masses can be very small. Huh? Masses can be very small. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, 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 a jury uh, 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 in a lawsuit. Do you, do you know the phenomenon? Yes. Uh, of of uh, a jury in a lawsuit. Well, uh, for one reason or another, a jury always functions as a small mass. Yes. Or, or as a small crowd, yes. People, yeah. people in the jury always become insensitive for for rational argumentation. They are only sensitive to uh, to uh, to messages that are repeated time and time again, and to uh, vis strong visual images and uh, things that are presented as numbers. So that's the only thing 
that that uh, that uh, 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 people in a, in a jury are sensitive for, and that that uh, is true for for larger masses as well. So a, a mass can be very small if people mm. believe that the Earth is flat. Uh, it, it's perfectly possible that they are in a small in a, in a small group which functions uh, as a mass. How does a faith? How does one's faith fit in? That's a good question. I think that this, the, the 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 narrative that leads to mass formation uh, can be religious in nature. It can be scientific in nature. Uh, it can be spiritual in nature. It can be yeah, it can have all kinds of different natures. So many many narratives can lead to uh, to mass formation. Uh, it depends. Him. It depends um, uh, if 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 someone uses the narrative to bind this free floating anxiety and to connect to other people and to engage in a in a heroic battle against uh, something that is perceived as a as a as a uh, uh, the object of anxiety. Then it will lead to mass formation. But the religion does not have to lead to mass formation, and that's very noteworthy. That all the narratives that led to uh, 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 the large-scale mass formation, which led to totalitarian states, all these narratives were pseudo-scientific in nature. So the narrative of Stalin was uh, the uh, so-called historical materialism, was uh, 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 pseudo-scientific in nature. So it was, it was, it, 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 Stalin believed that he was, um, sticking to a, a scientific narrative, and Hitler as well. Hitler used social Darwinism and, and so, social Darwinism and the kind of race theory to frame his uh, his idea of creating a superior uh, Aryan uh, race. But also that story was uh, scientific in nature, pseudo scientific in nature. And now again, I think uh, with the Corona narrative, we yes. see again a, a story that. Uh, uh, that claims to be a scientific story, and and and, uh, and um, uh, that's very characteristic. And actually, if you look at the historical origins uh, of totalitarianism and mass formation, you can explain very well why this story is always scientific in nature. But it would lead us a little bit too far, I think, to try to explain it here and now. It no, it no longer matters what is real or what's not real. No, not at all. Of course not. Uh, of course not. And that and you. Yes, it's, uh, as soon as you understand that the reason why people buy into the story is not that it is rational or logical mm. or accurate or right, the reason why they buy into the story is because it leads to this new kind of social bond which leads to this dismantle intoxication. Mm. That's the reason. So even, as I said, even if, the story, even if the story or the narrative is utterly absurd, completely wrong, people will stick to it. And mm. that's, that's, that's exactly what mass formation is about. In mass formation, an individual tries to reconnect, to restore the lost social mm. bond with other people. P- PJ has a very interesting comment uh, or question. Uh, he says, is, is mass formation um, easier when the idea is more outrageous? Yes. Um, well, I'll try to answer in a nuanced way. In the beginning, <laughs> in, 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 yes, in, in, in the beginning, it doesn't matter whether the whether the 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 the, the ideas or the narrative are outrageous or not. It doesn't matter 
Because in the beginning, the only thing that people want to do is to connect their anxiety, their free-floating anxiety to this, man, to this mental representation, and then follow the strategy to deal with the object of anxiety. So that's the only thing that matters. In the beginning, it doesn't matter. But after a while, once this new social bond is established, the narrative and the strategy to deal with the object of anxiety become more and more purely rituals. And a ritual, mm. a ritual is a certain kind of behavior which has a psychological function to create a group, to, to create group cohesion. And the, the more outrageous the ideas are, mm. or the more outrageous the measures we have to follow in the corona crisis, the more pure and the better they function as a ritual because that's the characteristic of a ritual a ritual is a kind of behavior which has no practical meaning which has no no practical importance a ritual is a behavior is something you do yes purely purely to show to other people that you connect to each other that you belong to the same group and indeed the more absurd the corona measures are yes the more people will stick to them. That's something very paradoxical. But that only holds, that only applies to the small, to the group of about 30% of the people who is really into the phenomenon of mass formation. And that's why there is a limit to it. If this goes too far, the larger group of 40% will start to to feel like that uh, things uh, are uh, getting a little bit weird. So I think... Uh, 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 that it holds only for this group of 30% of people, but for this group, it really uh, uh, it really applies to their group. This crisis, in my opinion, is not about this biological problem. No, there is a biological, there is a biological problem, a, yeah. but the, the, the disproportionate reactions and everything, for, for me, the psychological dimension of the crisis is much more important and, is the, and the real problem is situated at that level. Uh, you know, I've been lecturing on mass formation and totalitarianism, so I know the phenomenon for years and I know it very well. And at the same time, now that I see it uh, happening in the world, I'm really so amazed. I almost can't believe what I see or hear. I can't believe that people time and time again uh, 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 um, believe these yeah, argumentations that mm. are presented in the media, uh, which tries to convince them that they <laughs> they should go into lockdown again and again, and so on. Uh, so, indeed, I, I'm also I'm 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 yeah. In front of you, there's a crystal ball. What do you see? Shall I answer, uh, Jeremy? Or okay, a crystal ball. Well. I never looked through a crystal wall. You see a distorted image of the reality behind it. That's what I would see. <laughs> That's a phenomenal answer and one that I should have expected from uh, from a professor of psychology. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Matthias. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. You're welcome, Jerm. My name is Jerm. This is Jerm Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.